Salam everyone. You're watching the You Mentor Teenage Talk Show. I'm your host Imran Daramsi. Before we start, we have a few messages that we wanted to share from Umoja. First, we wanted to highlight a new initiative by Umoja Outreach Foundation called Charity at Home. It's a way that you can support local families affected by COVID-19 just by buying gift cards to your favorite stores. Some proceeds from each gift card purchase will be donated to this financial aid program. To participate, visit flipgive.com or download the Flipgive app, join the Umoja team, start shopping, and help someone in need. Thank you for joining us today. Um, on today's show, we'll be talking with Iman Saab, an aspiring registered nurse with a, with a strong passion for clinical science and healthcare to learn more about her experiences pursuing nursing in her first two years at Ryerson University. If you have any questions for our panelists, please use the live chat feature in YouTube Live and towards the end, we'll highlight some of the best questions and um, our panelists can answer them. Um, and as a reminder, we'll be switching to YouTube Live for all future shows. Um, so every Saturday at 3 p.m., YouTube Live. Um, Assalamu alaikum, Iman. Thanks so much for joining us today. Wa alaikum assalam. <clears throat> Thank you for having me. Yeah, um, you're welcome. So. Um, walk our viewers through the process of becoming a registered nurse. So what's the paths, path that you're taking and what are the other available paths? Um, sure. So basically in Canada, um, the path that I've taken at least, well, I've started with a bachelor's of science. So usually you'd have to have your high school diploma. And then what you do is apply to a bachelor's of science in nursing. And this is a four-year program. And throughout this program, you have the theory-based learning and the in-person learning where you get that clinical hands-on experience. Uh, and as you go through these four years, you're actually taught the skills that nurses use in, in real time, you know, in the hospitals. Mm -hmm. And you practice these skills with patients at clinical. And as you go through the four years, you, you advance. So more is expected of you as you're starting to hit graduation. And by the time you finish fourth year, you would uh, sign up to write the licensing exam, which is called the NCLEX exam. Mm -hmm. And after you hopefully successfully complete the NCLEX exam, what happens is that you're officially like a licensed registered nurse in Ontario. Um, there's definitely other paths. Uh, I've spoken with other nursing students, some who have started in the college program, which is an RPN, usually registered practical nurse. And what they do is the two or three year, three year RPN program, and then they bridge into or they transition into the RN program. Uh, and sometimes it actually shortens the sorry, not short, and sometimes it's actually better that way because some people like to, to have more time to practice and um, prepare themselves. So I would definitely recommend that for someone who's a bit intimidated to start on the university level, to go first into the college-based one and then into the university-based nursing program. But that's not that it's not challenging because they're all definitely very tricky programs. Mm -hmm. But there's definitely lots of pathways, uh, although I think those are the two most common ones. Okay. Um, so as a nursing student, um, what does your clinical experience consist of and how are you treated during your clinical experience? That's a good question. Uh, <laughs> so the clinical experience, uh, it kind of upgrades in a way with the years. So first year, uh, first year is actually based on long-term care homes, something that's big right now, uh, mm -hmm. that's being discussed a lot. So we learn about 
we learn dementia skills, you know, how to deal with patients who have dementia, Alzheimer's, those kinds of uh, issues. And also simple, the more simple things like taking blood pressure, using a stethoscope to sort of listen to the heart sounds, listen to the lung sounds, doing a physical examination. Um, and actually I said that, that was simple, that was a very tricky thing to learn. Um, blood pressure is not an easy skill but some catch on really quickly. And there's definitely other skills such as assessing the eyes, the ears, the, we go into all those little sort of details, even the smallest dots on your skin. That's generally for first year. Second year, we get to the more advanced skills where you're giving injections, needles, you know, you learn how to do the different types. Uh, we even learn how to hook up IVs and insert medications into those. We even learn wound care and how to keep an environment sterile while working on a patient. And what's really cool is that we actually got to apply these skills on patients. Like in second year, uh, which I just finished from, at first I was on a cardiology unit. And so what happens is that we had a lot of patients with many complications, uh, even things such as uh, tracheostomies or trach tubes, where mm -hmm. we would actually have to clean those because we've learned that skill in lab. Now, the good thing is that before we enter the clinical uh, area, we're taught the skills in lab, and then we get a chance to practice them before we're tested on them. So our teacher, our professors, our instructors, they make sure that we're competent in these skills before we apply them on the patient. And if we do get nervous at clinical, we just go ahead and ask our instructors to walk us through the process. And a lot of the time they do. Mm -hmm. Third year, third year is pretty much community based. So we learn new skills because you get to choose different sort of settings, you know, palliative care uh, for patients who might be in the phases of dying, you know, you learn how to, care, how to provide comfort, uh, so many different types, even in schools. So it's a really interesting year, uh -huh. third year, yeah. And fourth year as well. Fourth year is basically a compilation of everything where you, you go on and you put him to practice all of the skills that you learned throughout the course. So it sounds like um, throughout this process, you have a lot of expectations placed on you. Um, like you were saying, you there have to go every fine detail in the, in the um, head to toe examination and, mm -hmm. and all of that. So could you elaborate how you deal with all those expectations that are placed on you? Yeah. Um, it's definitely not an easy thing. You know, it's like when you walk into your first day on the job and the employer expects you to be the best that you can be. You know, they didn't hire you just for you to slack off. They want you to perform at your highest potential. And this is the kind of mentality that our instructors treat us with. And uh, it, was, it was kind of intimidating at first, but for me, what helped me through it was just uh, will help me like to to make sure that I am keeping up with those standards and practicing accordingly. Was sort of reviewing the content. We're always taught in class that listen, as as student nurses, you guys are still accountable. You guys have responsibilities. You know, you're caring for a patient. This is a life that's in your hands. Right. Now, don't forget that you have other professional, licensed healthcare staff with you. So make use of those people. And I took that advice to heart. And whenever I entered clinical setting. I'd ask the doctors, the nurses, the, the speech pathologists, anyone who wants to around me that might know how to deal with a particular patient, I would ask them those questions, I would inquire. A lot of my in my capabilities came from just asking, uh, listening, learning, and applying those skills. Mm -hmm. So right. it was really just a matter of making use of those who were available to me um, and being conscious, of course, you know, you're kind of forced to always reflect on what you do. 
So if I ever accidentally like slip up in front of a patient or say something like, ew, like that's probably the biggest mistake that you can make in front of a patient is to say, ew, because then they'll feel embarrassed. You know, you're not supposed to. So you learn from those mistakes. Now I've tried my, my hardest, of course, and it's, it's sort of become easier with, with the practice, with the years, you know, by second semester, I was, um, I was making sure that I was conscious of everything I do say, even the facial expressions, everything, you know, so it's just a matter of, uh, of practice and always reflecting, thinking back like, oh, did I do this correctly? How can I improve sort of yeah. thing? Yeah, that's really good advice. Like, um, don't feel scared to ask your superior for help if you need it. Um, for sure. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. so as for your patients, do they know that you're in training and how do they react? Yes. Okay. So they do actually know um, because we have this line that we have to start with every time we walk in. Like, for example, what I would use, let's say I'm, I'm still in second year, I would walk in and be like, uh, good morning, Mr. or Mrs. So-and-so. My name is Iman Slav. I'm a skincare nursing student and I'm going to be helping you today. And some of them are like, oh, that's so sweet. You're a student. Yay. Like, we're going to be pampered by you because we students tend to be very, like, very very detailed with the, the care that we provide yes some of the nurses tend to take like shortcuts or they do things faster because they know how to be more efficient but we like to do things like as we're taught in the textbook a lot of the time so some of them are very excited where some of them um get frightened sometimes and we do respect that we don't always uh, we can't put on our all you know we're still students mm -hmm. so if they if they do feel uncomfortable with us, we tell them like, no worries, still like ring the call bell if you need to let us know and, and we'll, you know, we can help you out in whatever way makes you feel comfortable. But I've definitely had uh, interactions with patients who didn't necessarily want me in the room. Um, and I was a bit like hurt at first, but I was like, you know what, <laughs> best to not take it personally because it's just them and like, how they feel you know it's nothing directed towards the student towards themselves exactly. yeah it's just that we don't have all the expertise to be dealing with that so they probably don't feel as confident but majority have been really good experiences thankfully good um so what would you say would be your favorite experience so far working with a patient in clinical experience i think definitely my favorite experience had to be from first year so in first year i was working in the long-term care home and we were working with patients who suffered from dementia, Alzheimer's, and I had never been exposed to someone with dementia or, or Alzheimer's or any of these things. And so hearing about it is one thing, but actually seeing it in practice is another for sure. So I was kind of taken aback, you know, when I first entered the unit, there was a lot of, of patients, most of them in, in wheelchairs, you know, they require most of them full assistance with a lot of the things that they do throughout the day. Um, so it was really interesting to just sit with a lot of them and see where, what their daily routine is like and see their speech patterns and things like that. But one, one specific patient really stood out to me um, because his case was, was really interesting. He was, he was actually pretty young, like in, in his mid-50s, I would say. Um, so I was kind of interested. I was like, hmm, let's see like what, what happened here. So I ran into his case and all of that. But when I actually sat with him was when it started to get more and more interesting because uh, this patient who suffered from dementia, he would, would speak to me with so much enthusiasm. And uh, 
he he just he seemed very like engaging in his conversation mm-hmm. and he knew what he was saying and everything but i realized that he had repeated the same conversation about five times <laughs> and i kind of sat there yeah i sat there in amazement and i was kind of like huh oh. and i forgot to stop him i, I was just right. i wasn't gonna stop just, him yeah i was like mm-hmm. you know what continue <laughs> and so i tried to ask questions to see if i could change the conversation but it would always come back to the same oh. thing and a lot of the things that he said interestingly enough uh we're not real but <laughs> that's because he was a very you know ambitious patient and he had many many dreams but you know he would speak to me of the lottery and this and that mm-hmm. now the interesting the most interesting about it was that whenever i would go up to this patient in the same day he would have to ask me again who i am because he'd forget you know right. like, oh hello how are you this and that uh-huh. and i'd be like hi fine thank you so he would forget after like half an hour i'd come back he wouldn't know who i was and we'd start the same conversation again now what was really interesting to me was that i thought oh you know what like i guess they really can't remember anything this and that like i i started to put some certain like preconceived notions into play like i i started to consider that oh this patient there's not much that can be done for him and this and that but then when i had returned like two weeks later and the patient recognized me and actually oh, called wow. me over yeah and told me oh iman mm-hmm. and i was like yeah hi and i was just so kind of like overwhelmed because i didn't expect him to remember me you know he was struggling to change one conversation like he was repeating yeah. the same conversation mm-hmm. five times the last week and i was like what happens now like how did he remember me so i realized that a lot of the time when you spend time with these patients and when you create activities for them which is something that i had done um for him when you spend time with them and give them a chance there's definitely certain changes that you can make with them certain improvements developments mm-hmm. and that was something that i didn't think was possible but my practice uh showed me otherwise and it was like a really empowering moment that i was very happy to experience yeah that's interesting so um maybe this would be a good time to discuss how does your passion for nursing tie into that um into sure. that story that you just talked about sure so personally for me um i've always been a huge fan of science mm-hmm. and and helping people uh so i was like you know what let me let me see what kind of career options i have things that tie science and and people together something where i can interact with people while applying that scientific knowledge that i've gained mm-hmm. and and so i was sort of browsing for programs like with my family and and we were discussing things at one point i was considering medicine and then i was like what about like nursing i was like oh okay let me look into that and so i looked into the program and i realized that nursing um caters to a lot of the things that i i love and, and i create things like helping others things like my love for science um and just clinical practice and hands-on work although i do like i do love the theory aspect of it i like to be able to put what i'm doing into action so so do you i'm sorry you, I'm, can you talk about what you mean by hands-on work because i feel like there's this preconceived notion relating to nursing and the hands-on work that you're talking about in our community so could you just speak to that no definitely that's really fair sorry i'm just going to fan myself it's oh, so hot <laughs> as we talk about these preconceived notions mm-hmm. so uh that's definitely fair to say even in mm-hmm. our community yeah. even back home uh i'm like i'm from a middle eastern community so there are definitely those preconceived notions that oh nursing is a very you know like 
maybe even below subpar, you know, it's kind of dirty work that you have to do. You're cleaning after the patient and this and that. Mm -hmm. And these kind of scared me away from the profession at first. I was like, oh, I don't want to spend my time cleaning after people. Right. I think, um, I think that that was a, like a wrong thing to, to think of, like a wrong, wrong thing to say. And B, it was kind of entitled of me to say that because generally in these sort of communities, like we have a trend where it's like, oh, law, doctor, like lawyer, doctor, counsel, big, big name professions. Those are the things that are more uh, well-respected. You know what? I'm going to challenge the norm. Let me, let me go forth with this and see what happens. And when I actually entered nursing, I realized that I didn't really know until I started to see it in practice and until I started to shadow nurses around me. And it was just, it was so nice because sure, there is a cleaning aspect, but when you think about it, you're not cleaning the patient for no reason. Like a lot of the time, these patients need your help. You know, they're bedridden. They, they can't do it. No one would willingly want, well, not speaking, <laughs> speaking for the majority, like a lot of people would prefer to clean themselves, you know? So when a patient is in that position, it's a very vulnerable position. So it's actually like an honor to be able to help someone who needs who needs that sort of help, you know, they're, they're putting their trust in you and you're helping them. And at the end of the day, everything we do is to prevent infection is to make sure that the patient remains safe. Um, it's to keep their skin intact. So even if it's little tasks, like rolling the patient onto their side every two hours, even if that's the stuff that the nurse does, there's a bigger purpose to it. And that's what I focused on, like the bigger purpose, like sure, there's going to be um, ups and downs of the professions, mm-hmm. you know, the pros and cons. But honestly, like at the end of the day, I realized, wow, like the pros really outweigh the cons, because even if it does come with those like, cleaning sort of duties, it comes with much bigger duties where you're helping provide comfort for this person. You're helping them heal. You're helping them ultimately improve, become better, and you're helping them like, enter yeah. the world yeah. again. So I just felt that like everything, everything I had known or heard about nursing sort of just withered away because I was like, it's all meaningless, all that commentary. Um, Because what I saw around me, what I saw the profession was made me like fall in love with it more. And so I really, I was like, you know what, I'm I'm going to go for it. Mm -hmm. And now, honestly, I've been seeing more and more people from my community, like inquire about the profession, wanting to enter it. So I believe that slowly there is starting to be like there is a shift that's beginning, a shift yeah. in mentality, especially yeah. with our generation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I think that like and what you I think what you also were talking about with the story um, with your favorite experience is that um, nursing is more about holistic care. It's not just like, you know, it might just it might also include cleaning, but it's for a bigger purpose and um, it's for something bigger like as a whole. Um, so I think that's sure. what you're getting at. Yeah, um, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It is. It is something much bigger than what is um, presented. And uh, yeah, honestly, whatever profession it is, even if it might not be one of those things that people yeah. talk about, like, oh, at the top, you know, prestigious profession, I say, give it a shot if it's what you're interested in. You know, mm-hmm. nursing struck my interest and I was like, I'm going to give it a shot. It doesn't really matter mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, it's a career that you're going to work towards. People mm-hmm. won't be doing the job for you. You're going to be working. Exactly. If you like it, go for it, for mm-hmm. sure. Okay. Yeah, that's good advice. Thank you. Um, mm-hmm. So we have an audience question. Um, sure. How have your family and friends helped with your progression through the nursing program? From Cosme M. Ah, that's a that's a great question. Thank you, Cosme. Um, 
So my family and friends have been a big part <laughs> of my success mm -hmm. throughout this program. And I'm really thankful to have had them by my side, alhamdulillah. Uh, first of all, like the emotional support. You know, nursing is actually a lot harder than it seems. You know, when I entered, I didn't expect it to be so heavy, but you start to learn so many different things and it's all coming at you at once. And from someone who had just entered from high school, uh, it was a lot to take on and a lot to handle. So a lot of times I felt, wow, like I'm not going to make it through. But then my family was there, my family and friends were there to support me and sort of tell me, no, okay, like, keep going, you got this. Mm -hmm. Keep a positive mm -hmm. mentality, remain optimistic sort of thing. Um, and a lot of the time they've actually helped me with like the, the assignments and stuff. Like when it came to blood pressure, I had to practice on someone so that I don't feel the text, you know? So I would be like, mama, baba, please let me take your blood pressure. <laughs> And they're like, hey, man, we don't really trust you. I was like, please, please, please. I was like, just, just it's allow just me to pressure. practice. It's just blood pressure. Don't worry. The time that really scared them was when I came home with needles. They're like, no, no, absolutely not. I was like, no, don't worry. I was like, this isn't even like medication. This is water. I wouldn't inject that into you. Um, and they're like, okay, good. I was like, but can I have an orange, please? <laughs> so we would get to practice on, I would practice around them and I'd show them and I'd actually demonstrate because at times we'd have to, uh, demonstrate in front of sorry <laughs> I thought I heard something okay. we'd have to uh demonstrate in front of our instructors for 15 minutes and the instructor oh, would remain so nerve-wracking yes it is nerve-wracking we would have to demonstrate in front of them um and they wouldn't say anything and they're grading us and I was like okay then I need to practice before I do this so what I would do is stand in front of my family I'd be like please everyone take a seat and then I'd, I'd sit there with my needles and my entire kit ready and I would, uh, I would just go ahead and, and walk through the steps and they'd be like, man, please like hurry up. Come on. We want to go sleep or this and that. So they've definitely helped me in a lot of aspects. And a big portion of it, as I said, was emotional support for sure. Um, and aside from emotional, like I told you, like they actually helped with the assignment portions right. and all of that. Uh, yeah, for sure. And friends also, I had friends in the program as well. And that was the most beneficial thing ever, because once you have friends in the program, you know what you're going through. Like you, you all are experiencing the same things. And so you work together to mm -hmm. sort of, uh, to sort of, yeah, lift each other up, you know, practice. Uh, something I loved a lot about the nursing program was that it's, uh, like there is a competitive nature when it comes to grading, but not between um, the students. So we actually, yeah, it's actually really comfortable. Like it's not, it's a very positive environment where we're all uh, supporting each other. So it was something really, really nice. What's your final piece of advice for high schoolers or to be first years choosing a career path? Uh, Definitely a, a big piece of advice that I wish I had given to myself if I could return to my past self and say to her uh, would be to not lose hope, you know, even if you're not doing so great in one of the courses or uh, you might have gotten a bad grade on an assignment or something, don't think that it's the end of the road for you uh, and don't give up on yourself so easily, you know, because as a first year, is something really hard because a lot of us are entering high school um and so it's something it's something new to us you know it's something that can be intimidating mm -hmm. so definitely like give yourself a chance don't don't um don't give up don't think like oh man like i, I failed this test i'm not going to make it through 
You know, I've known people who have actually failed some of the tests and they, they made it with, with ease. And it was all a matter of their mentality because they kept a positive mentality. They were optimistic right, right. and and they kept pushing. And, and I kept the same thing in mind too. You know, at one point I did reach a point where I was starting to be really pessimistic about it. And I, because we're told that like second year, for example, is something so hard. First year is something so hard. So in first year, I was like, wow, I don't think I can handle this. Like, will I even make it through the rest of the program? So it was really all about having like a positive mentality, trying to, to set up coping mechanisms if you can. Like, from, like if you get a bad grade, how are you going to cope with it? For example, I would sit, I would look at what I've done so far, all of my grades. I'd say, is there still an opportunity to grow, to improve, to do better? Um, and I'd find a lot, of the, a lot of the time that, yes, there was. And even if someone does reach a point where that's it, like they're failing a, a specific course, it's not the end of the world. You know, we all we all try. And a lot of the time we learn from our failures. So it's OK. Like it's it's definitely like don't, don't give up on yourself. Don't put a lot of pressure on yourself because university, college, post-secondary school in and of itself can be already very stressful. So, yeah, try to keep that positive mentality, even if it's just a tiny bit, <laughs> it's good. It's very, very beneficial. Um, thank you. Um, thanks for your advice. Um, and it looks like we did get back on the air there. Sorry for all our viewers. We had some issues with YouTube that took us off for a few minutes. Um, but I think they heard your final advice. Um, so that was good. Yeah. <laughs> And if um, they didn't, it's just to stay positive and not give yeah, up on yourself, you know? Yep. So secondary school can be intimidating, but even if you do face failure, do not give up. Mm -hmm. You've got this. Great advice. <laughs> um, so thank you, uh, Sister Iman, again, for joining us, um, for sharing yeah. your valuable advice. Um, and yeah. best of luck. Yep, you're welcome. Best of luck in your nursing career, inshallah. <laughs> thank you so much. And best of luck to my fellow post-secondary students, luck in university, college, whatever you guys choose to do, best of luck in all of it. <laughs> and future endeavors too. Well, thank you. I'm sure our audience is also, um, is also very grateful for your great advice today. Um, so um, you were just watching the UMentor talk show. Tune in next week on Saturday at 3 p.m. on YouTube Live for our next episode hosted by Sister Fatima Al-Sayed. Um, thanks again for watching and inshallah we will see you next week.